was anyone going to buy this product? Um, so we had to do a ton of like upfront validation work and really just make sure that you know there there was demand there. Welcome to Honesty Commerce, a podcast dedicated to cutting through the BS and finding actionable advice for online store owners. I'm your host, Chase Clymer, and I believe running a direct-to-consumer brand does not have to be complicated or a guessing game. On this podcast, we interview founders and experts who are putting in the work and creating real results. I also share my own insights from running our top Shopify consultancy, Electric Eye. We cut the fluff in favor of facts to help you grow your e-commerce business. Let's get on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Honest E-Commerce. Today, I'm welcoming the show a seasoned product development specialist. He's a supply chain pro as well. He's founded a product development firm by the name of Doris Dev. And it spun out some awesome ventures, including Canopy and Factored Quality. Justin, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Chase. Awesome. All right. Let's just... Quickly, before we really dive into it, let's talk about Canopy, which is going to be kind of the star of the show today. What kind of products is Canopy bringing to market? For sure. So Canopy... Um, introduced a Tiro product, which is an award-winning bedside humidifier um, that has some light technology baked in that helps prevent uh, mold from growing inside, uh, makes it super easy to maintain. Um, and we built in an aroma diffusion uh, feature for home scenting, uh, which makes it the cleanest, best humidifier in the market um, and addressed a ton of pain points around what people hated uh, around humidifiers in the past. Awesome. This is going to be such a fun conversation. So take me back in time. Where did kind of the idea for Canopy come from? Uh, how did you kind of get this thing started? Yeah, for sure. So I guess for some context, my, my background is I go deep in uh, developing consumer products. Um, I have spent the last 10 plus years in kind of the world of making and commercializing consumer products for scale, both on the design side and then the supply chain side. Um, so that that's kind of my background and where I started with this. Um, and the genesis of Canopy actually came about because my partner at the product development <clears throat> firm that that I started a few years back, his girlfriend was using a humidifier um, kind of as a beauty hack, you know, year round for her skin. And she had this weekly ritual of breaking out Q-tips and vinegar to clean it out so that so it wouldn't mold over. Um, and we kind of thought that was interesting. You know, it's this product that she was using all the time and kind of had daily interactions with, um, but had this like very common and typical pain point of trying to keep it clean. And, um, and when we dug into that, we, we realized that a lot of people had that pain point. Everyone had a story about how their humidifier, um, would mold over, um, and was really hard to maintain. And it was a hassle and a headache. And, um, and we thought that, that that was really interesting because it was a category or a product that really wasn't talked about or considered um, very much. And so as a product dev person, somebody that's gotten deep in, in consumer product, we started kind of digging into it. Um, first, kind of looking at you know the features and things that we could improve on um, and spent about a year of doing R&D on what ultimately became Canopy. Um, and through that process, what was really interesting was we kind of fell back on that insight that um, my partner's girlfriend was using it as this beauty hack for skin. And that kind of resonated with a lot of people. So as we were going through this process of designing and 
re-engineering a humidifier to make it better and easier to maintain, we kind of realized there was an opportunity to really focus on positioning it as a tool for beauty benefits, for skin health benefits. Um, and so that's kind of, that was the original genesis that we kind of chased and um, fell down the path with with ultimately what became Canopy. Absolutely. Now, uh, with kind of taking a year for R&D, uh, I guess we need to highlight a bit more about your background. If I was like um, an entrepreneur out there, uh, what was kind of the advantages of your background and how you guys DIY this yourself versus what an entrepreneur might need to either hire out for or the skill sets that they might need to have in-house in, in, in to kind of figure out some of these challenges? Yeah, I think there's there's two dimensions to that. One is, I guess, you know, I had started and, and um, built up a product development agency. So had the luxury of having um, kind of the resources um, and some folks around me that were product experts. So designers, engineers, um, people that I would, I would be able to lean on to help kind of lead some of the work through that R&D process, which was incredibly helpful. But the second piece of it, which you don't need to have the luxury of having is really kind of this um, curiosity that keeps pushing you to go down this rabbit hole where it's like, okay, you start with a problem. Um, and our problem or you know, interesting tidbit that we kind of came across was that everybody had this really negative experience with humidifiers where they would mold over and they were a pain to kind of maintain. And that was just the starting point. And the curiosity kept kind of moving us down this, moving us down the field where we were like, all right, you know, we can figure out, you know, one feature around how to solve for this problem, but it would open up the door for something else for us to work on. And the curiosity was strong enough to kind of keep us moving down the field in that in that same direction. Um, and so what I would say is that, A, it was great that, you know, I was lucky to have the resources of, you know, the product development team around me. Um, but B, it also required like the, the constant um, drive to keep kind of pushing towards a solution for something that might not might not have been super obvious right out of the gate. Absolutely. So you've got this year of R&D under your belt. You've got a product now. You have basically you've done the research. You're like, all right, I think we're on to something. What's the next step after kind of having a product? What do you do? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, for us, the thing that was, you know, we, we kind of know what the trajectory looks like for bringing a product or at least figuring out how to set up a supply chain for a product, which is, all right, you create the technical assets. Um, like the design assets, the engineering assets, the CAD, the color material finish documents, the bill of materials, like all of those technical assets, you kind of organize into a package that you then can bring to a manufacturing partner. Um, and for us, we kind of scoured the landscape and looked for manufacturing partners that had experience um, in a relevant category, making kind of small appliances, um, and then conducted a request for proposal an RFP to go figure out who would be the best fit um, to manufacture the product at scale. And that process takes weeks to months, depending on you know how hard you want to look or how easy it is to find and engage one of those potential manufacturing partners. Um, and so we kind of kicked that off with, with our team <clears throat> to go find the manufacturing partner for scale. Um, but as we were doing that, I think you know the thing that we weren't really sure about was um, what the demand was like on the other side. So in parallel to that, we wanted to kind of do the work to figure out, you know, 
are we going to invest all of this time and energy into a product? And on the other side of that, was anyone going to buy this product? Um, so we had to do a ton of like upfront validation work and really just make sure that you know there there was demand there. And the way that we did that, really, the the early stages, it, it really felt like kind of a snowball gathering momentum. But the way that we did that was just putting the idea in front of people that we deemed to be kind of experts or would be most excited about something because we were positioning it as a new beauty device or somebody who was obsessed with skin health or somebody that we thought, you know, had previous experience, negative experiences with humidifiers. And so we just, you know, we basically pitched our product idea to probably hundreds of people um, to just get data points to make sure that we were on the right track and there was at least some semblance of demand before we kind of went down the path of investing the time and energy into the supply setup work. Is there anything else that you did kind of to validate the idea and make and kind of make sure that you had product market fit uh, or even uh, partners that you utilized to even to go from really zero to one to find these first initial customers? Yeah, for sure. So outside of just those kind of conversations within our network, um, there were a couple other resources or things that we did, tactics that we did. So one is we we actually reached out to kind of mer- merchants or folks that worked within the retail space to pitch the concept to them um, to see you know whether or not they there was interest, demand, or anything like that already kind of within the landscape. Um, and so we got some early pieces of feedback around like who the competitors were, where we needed to kind of position the product for it to be different or unique um, relative to other products out there. Um, and then the other thing that we did is we actually um, made some like low level um, ads to run on Facebook um, that we just shot on our iPhone with um, humidifiers, basically highlighting some of the pain points that we knew people had with humidifiers that drove to a site um, for people to uh, opt into an email, basically sign up for email. Um, and we were able to use that to kind of just deem some low-level interest in the category to begin with um, by spending money on Facebook and driving traffic to, uh, to the site where we were capturing emails. Hey there, merchant. Are you tired of trying to navigate the wild world of e-commerce on your own? Are you looking for a partner to help you achieve your goals? Look no further than the Shopify Plus agency, Electric Eye. Our team has a proven track record of helping our clients make millions with strategic design and development. Whether you're migrating from a legacy platform to Shopify, designing a new theme for your store, or just looking to optimize what you already have, Electric Eye is the perfect partner for you. Electric Eye are true Shopify experts. Not only is our Shopify knowledge unparalleled, but we have partnerships with all the best tech in the Shopify ecosystem. And don't worry, we're easy to get a hold of. Our clients rave about our fast communication. So here's the deal. If you're an e-commerce business doing over $1 million a year, you can receive a complimentary Shopify diagnostic from our team of experts. That's free, personalized strategic recommendations to improve your store and grow your business. To get started, head on over to electriceye.io slash connect to schedule an intro call with one of our experts. That's electriceye.io slash connect. You guys are validating this product. You uh, have some initial feedback from Facebook and the people that you've interviewed. And now when you went up to, went up to these uh, merchants and talked to them, were these wholesale merchants or, or what was it? Yeah, they were, they were wholesale merchants and actually people that worked in um, kind of retail agencies. We had some friends um, that were working for basically rep firms um, that were able to kind of ask about the product concept um, and what they saw within the category. Um, so there were like rep firms that were selling into like the targets of the world or even on Amazon. 
Um, and it was it was more, I would say, anecdotal or qualitative to just kind of get some data points around like, hey, what did they see in the in the in this category and where could we kind of create a differentiation for the product that we wanted to launch. Awesome. So you guys have got a product, you've got some validation. What was the go-to-market strategy? How did you kind of launch this? Yeah. Well, I think so for us, again, my background's in, you know, product development and supply chains. Um, and we wanted to, and as is my partner, um, and we wanted to launch a beauty tool, um, which is like a totally foreign, you know, uh, landscape for us. We didn't really have experience in beauty. It's a pretty, um, like tight community and, and audience that you're, you know, targeting or chasing after with a new product. So it's not an easy pool to jump into. Um, and so kind of our first, uh, th- first thing, first step that we wanted to do was really bring, um, an expert into the fold, um, to help us kind of navigate the, the beauty landscape. Um, and so we tapped into our network, uh, meaning like our friends and acquaintances and, and work colleagues and, and basically tried to find somebody who could kind of assist us um, to position the brand within the beauty sphere. Um, and we were lucky enough to have somebody um, that had started you know, a really successful um, beauty brand that connected us with um, somebody that we initially started conversations with just to kind of get some like advisory help. But that relationship ultimately culminated with that person joining us as kind of one of our co-founders and and now as our CMO for, for Canopy. Um, and his background, we were very lucky is, you know, he was an early employee at um, Birchbox and went on to incubate a beauty brand at Walmart after that. But had you know ten plus years in in the beauty world, um, basically building and and launching new brands, and so he brought just like this vast knowledge and understanding of the landscape that we really didn't have, and it was um, you know really a, a quick fire kind of education uh, and kind of support system into jumping into that 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 pool, um, and so we were really lucky with that, but. Once we had, you know, our, our co-founder that understood, you know, how to position the, the brand for the target demo that we wanted, um, then we basically needed to figure out a strategy that would create a splash. Um, because one of the things that we were limited with was um, we didn't have a ton of capital, a ton of runway to basically throw at a launch. You know, we, we had limited resources. Um, so we weren't going to just go spend it on, you know, performance ads or, you know, a, a big splashy event or something like that. And so what we decided on doing actually for our launch was really leaning into um, editorial and earned media because we thought we would be able to stretch, you know, our, um, our, our energy and our, uh, our, our, our dollars further um, because some of the early signals that we had in those conversations I mentioned with um, folks in the beauty world indicated that there was, you know, this undercurrent of people using humidifiers like as a beauty hack for their skin, but there was no brand that was really leaning into that to kind of own that space. And what we realized was that a lot of people's ears perked up when we said we were going to be creating something to address that need. Um, and so we thought that if we could kind of pitch that to beauty editors and to like the beauty publishers, we would be able to um, get placement. 
And so it was a hunch that we kind of leaned into for our go-to-market strategy, um, which ultimately really paid off. Um, so we hired, um, and this was one of the areas where we did invest in, but we hired an amazing um, PR firm that specialized in the beauty world. Um, and she was able to help um, introduce us and get us in front of dozens of beauty editors across really all of the beauty pubs um, before we brought the product to market. And we pitched Canopy. We pitched why it was uh, not just the best-in-class humidifier, which everybody was kind of confused about at the time. Why is this you know humidifier brand getting pitched to an editor at Vogue? Um, but once we were able to kind of convey the skin health benefits and you know how important it is to put your skin in optimal relative humidity in your home and how important it is for skin barrier health and nobody's thinking about it, um, did kind of these beauty publishers finally realize like, oh, wow, this is super interesting. And the big unlock for us was that they were getting pitched, you know, day in, day out, all of these consumable consumables and topicals and creams and goops, you know, for beauty, but nobody was really pitching them devices or devices that were kind of focused on the environment around the skin, not just for what goes on the skin or in the body. And so it was this refreshing take on what a beauty product was and what a beauty brand represented. And so I think that was a really important kind of unlock for us because what it did was it was a refreshing and new take for editors to kind of latch on to. And for our launch, we were then able to kind of translate that or parlay that into having a lot of editors write about Canopy um, for for our launch out of the gate because it was just something that they hadn't seen or they were traditionally used to getting pitched. Um, and so for that, we were that was kind of our big kind of unlock going going to market. Uh, yeah, that's fantastic. I think Earn Media is a very underutilized. Uh, way to to build a brand uh people are most people are just like dumping money into facebook and google and uh, paying to acquire customers that way um i i kind of want to go back though and highlight uh or just ask a more specific question about your your co-founder for people out there that are building a brand and you know potentially exploring this avenue what would you say um what should you be looking for in a co-founder uh and was there any like benefits outside of like, just like, it felt like a shortcut. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I think, well, so the original kind of team was myself and my partner from the product development agency, who is our head of product. So he is kind of the technical brains of the operation. He, he, he's a engineer by trade, whereas I kind of focus on supply chain operations, more of kind of like business operations. And so he and I have a, you know, a great working relationship, but very much focused on product and supply. Um, and what was really interesting is when we brought our third co-founder into the fold who came from beauty and, you know, he has really strong marketing chops and understands kind of brand strategy and retail relationships and brand partnerships and all that. It was a new dimension that the two of us really didn't have experience going deep on. Um, and the other thing that was really helpful, which I think, you know, a lot of folks are thinking about when they're thinking about bringing on co-founders is actually bringing a third person into the fold. So not just two, but but a, a third co-founder into the fold to be a decision maker was really helpful for us because it created a really strong sense of balance 
with differing perspectives um, for all of the kind of critical decisions that needed to get made going from zero to one. Um, and we felt like between the three of us, we had a really good um, coverage of all of the different areas that we needed to have covered for bringing a new product uh, into the world. That's fantastic. I'm just going to point something out there is when you're getting a co-founder, something that you, you said, but you didn't really highlight is like everyone has a sp- specific set of skills. And you, I'm going to say it is don't you don't need a co-founder that does the exact same thing you do. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Because you don't want to have too many cooks in the same kitchen. Uh, you want to be able to create discrete lanes and people can get into their lanes. So you guys launched this product with PR and, and things are going. Is there anything that you can share kind of that you've learned since the launch? Like how are things going? Yeah, things have been going great. Um, I mean, we've been in market now for a little over two years. Um, and one of the things that we are most excited about with the product is um, there's actually a replenishment component to the product. So it's not just a device. Um, you know, it's a humidifier. There's a filter inside the humidifier that filters out metals and minerals and kind of gunk from your tap water. So you can just use tap water in the humidifier. And that filter gets consumed every six weeks. Um, and something that was really interesting that we've kind of built, built, uh, you know, a big part of the business around was, um, because of how the product is architected with this filter, there's no steam that comes out of the humidifier like traditional humidifiers. So you don't see any mist. And one of the early signs or pieces of feedback that we got from testers was that they were confused that this was a humidifier that didn't have any mist or you couldn't see anything visible coming out of the device. So you didn't know it was on. And that was one of the reasons we um, included an aroma diffusion feature in the product was because we wanted to give uh, that signal that the device was working through scent. Um, And so we incorporated um, this really innovative way to diffuse scent using these pucks where you drip some fragrance oil into the puck and then the fragrances evaporate. And that's how you, you know, it's basically like a reed diffuser on steroids. Um, and so that kind of snowballed into its own thing, um, which is that people loved the aroma diffuser com- feature of, on the humidifier. And what we ended up doing was we initially launched the product just with a filter subscription. And after about six months, we were hearing from people that were using the aroma diffuser feature that they loved it so much. And what we ended up doing was introducing a second type of subscription where people could opt into also getting new aroma kits with every filter that they got on subscription. And so all of a sudden, we took our subscription business where it was really only utility, right? You're getting a filter, you're replacing that filter every six weeks. And we were incorporating kind of this aspect of delight uh, because people just love the aroma diffusion feature so much. And so from that, the next step we did was we started introducing and rolling out new aroma kits every quarter. And instead of just doing them ourselves, meaning Canopy branded aroma kits, we started partnering with other brands and we would do limited edition versions of our aroma kits. So over the last two years, we've done those limited edition aroma kits with brands like Prose, Laneige, uh, Curie, Lalo, Open Spaces, The Sill. Um, and we have a bunch in the hopper 
um, where we're going to continue to introduce new limited edition versions of the aroma kits with brand partners. Um, and it's been, it's become like a really important part of the product offering. People love our aroma kits. People love getting the aroma subscriptions because they're getting a new one every quarter or every six weeks. And some of those are these limited edition versions that we've done with um, other brand partners. Um, and, you know, on top of that is that that's become a really important uh, vehicle for, for growth as well. Because every time we do these limited edition partnerships, those brand partners are introducing Canopy to their audiences, to their customers. Um, so it's become like this really um, incredible kind of flywheel where it started with kind of a reaction to incorporating a feature into the product so that people knew that it was a humidifier and the thing was working. And it's now snowballed into something that's become a really critical part of kind of the growth engine and a product feature and, and total kind of almost like a, a business line that, that kind of our, that our customers love. That's such a it's fantastic little growth hack there. Um, and I was w- waiting for you to mention just the fact that you're basically just acquiring a bunch of almost free customers with these partnerships. Uh, it's just it's so fantastic. Um, before we go here, let's talk a little bit about your your history and you're still running Doris Dev, and we just kind of glossed over factored quality as well. Uh, so kind of let the listeners know about kind of the other things that you have going on. Yeah, for sure. So the genesis of, of Canopy came out of Doris Dev, which is a product development company that I started about uh, seven years ago. Essentially, uh, it's a service business that helps other teams, entrepreneurs, companies um, bring new physical products to market. Um, and the Doris Dev team has internal teams to lead industrial design, engineering, sourcing, supply chain setup and management, um, fulfillment operations, so really everything from ideation all the way through shipping of physical goods. And so I've been working in that space again for 10 plus years and Doris Dev has worked with some really incredible brands um, to help them bring their product ideas to market and help them scale with operations kind of in in the background. And that's been an incredible experience in and of itself, right? I've got to work, we've gotten the opportunity to work with world-class entrepreneurs and incredible brands, learn about, you know, different strategies of bringing product to market and what works, what doesn't work and, and all of that. And so really fortunate to have kind of that front row seat and was able to leverage that for bringing Canopy to market. Um, and out of that experience, we also incubated another business called Factor Quality, which was essentially we partnered with a company that was building a software solution in the supply chain space. And we were doing one piece of work that we were doing on the supply chain operation side was quality control for product brands, which basically means you know we were helping to send inspectors to factories to qualify them or to go sit at the factory during production to make sure that the goods were meeting all of the specs when they came off the, the factory floor. Um, and there was no digital, you know, something that we noticed was there was no digital solution of, uh, you know, for, for all of that work that was happening, or there was no source of truth for everything that we did as it related to quality control operations. So we kind of, we, we ended up partnering with a software team that built a software platform for that work. 
And then on the back end, our team was doing essentially all of the quality control coordination and operations work. And all of the data now funnels into this platform called Factored Quality. And through the platform, we've been able to tap into some really incredible insights and provide some really great, uh, essentially, perspective on making really good decisions around supply chain operations and, and quality control for physical product brands. I mean, all of it stems back to this experience of essentially working in consumer goods, going, building something end to end, getting the perspective of what it you know takes to go from concept all the way through shipping, um, and then tapping into kind of learnings to do interesting things with you know, the, the infrastructure that we built. That's fantastic. Now, is there anything I didn't ask you about today that you want to share with our audience? I think, no, I, th- I, th- I think you did a great job diving into the, the right questions about Canopy. Awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, so if I'm a listener and I'm curious about Canopy, Doors Dev, Factored Quality, your birthday, what do I do? How do I get a hold of you? <laughs> yeah, the easiest place is probably to find me on LinkedIn, Justin Seidenfeld. Also, always happy to, to get an email. It's justin at dorisdev.com or justin at getcanopy.co. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, Justin. Thanks so much for having me, Chase. We can't thank our guests enough for coming on the show and sharing their knowledge and journey with us. We've got a lot to think about and potentially add into our own businesses. You can find all the links in the show notes. You can subscribe to the newsletter at honestycommerce.co to get each episode delivered right into your inbox. If you're enjoying this content, consider leaving a review on iTunes that really helps us out. Lastly, if you're a store owner looking for an amazing partner to help you get your Shopify store to the next level, reach out to Electric Eye at electriceye.io. Until next time.